Hello, welcome to the New York Cares podcast. I'm Dobbin Turkowitz. For these volunteer spotlights, we highlight the incredible individuals who lead projects and volunteer across the five boroughs. Today, I'm speaking with Agnes Jack, who goes by Nan. Nan is an NYC transplant by way of Scotland and has been volunteering with New York Cares for the past 10 years. She team leads two incredibly impactful projects with us. The first is Start Spreading the News with our partners Visions, in which volunteers read the latest news with visually impaired seniors. The second is Beautify Astoria Park with the Astoria Park Alliance. She has been a truly inspiring and selfless leader, and I'm excited to learn a little more about her volunteer journey. Let's jump into my conversation with Nan now. Nan, thank you so much for joining me today. Um, for some of our listeners who don't know, I wondered if you would give us a little bit of your background and how you came to live in New York City. Oh, um, well, I, I was born, born in a small town in Scotland, Clyde Bank. Um, it was a town actually that was hit by the Blitz, believe it or not, during the war. So when I was born, I was born in a room in kitchen. <laughs> which is basically that, a room where it had a kitchen, a table, and a recess for a bed where the parents slept and all the kids slept in the, in the bedroom. Um, toilets were outside and you were washed in the sink. <laughs> Moved on from there eventually to a, a place that was more half country than that. Uh, the one thing I would say about it was, um, from a community spect- spect- uh, perspective, everybody was in the same boat. You know, there wasn't much from a material perspective, but everybody sort of just helped out, worked with each other, and you did what you could. Um, the great thing in looking back on it, I realized, was um, that what I got out of it that helped me actually to move on, come to a place like New York, was that when I grew up, um, children really, uh, no parent ever took the child to school. <laughs> no parent would ever had a car anyway that I knew of. Um, but all kids from the age of five and on upwards, we walked our way to school. When you were in school, the attitude was teacher's rule. You never came home and complained to your parents with regards to teachers because they were always right and you'd be put in your place. Um, so you learned independence. And it's only looking back, you realize it was an incredible gift. You learned independence. You learned to take responsibility for yourself. And also because there wasn't much, everybody in the family mocked in. You just helped out. That was it. The other thing that helped me was I got a really good education. Um, Where I came from, education was king. As my father said, if you want to move on, if you want to get on in life, you have to have an education. And once you're educated, nobody can look down on you. You can move forward. So education was pushed. And the good thing was that even when I went to university, it was free. Didn't come out with any, um, unfortunately, like children do today, there was no debt. Um, Also health-wise, health was free. Dentist was free, eyeglasses free. And all of that gives you, believe it or not, a really good background to be able to then move on. And when I did, actually, I first went to London and worked there um, in computers, 
because computers were just getting started at that time. And it was a great way, especially, you know, after university, um, a, a brand new type of job, a brand new thing to get into. Um, so I got into computers, I worked for the Ministry of Defence, the RAF actually, and then in the end had an opportunity where they were looking for people in New York. Um, they were doing an offer of come to America for 18 months as a consultant. And uh, I thought, great, America, 18 months. So I came for 18 months and I never left. <laughs> That's how I came to New York. <laughs> so it sounds like you had a pretty unique upbringing compared to a lot of the people who you started working with in New York. How was that transition? Uniquely prepared because actually... Um, when I was 18, um, I left home and went to London. I didn't want to go to university at first. I figured I fit, fed up with school and studying. Um, my father persuaded me that apply for university the following year, because after a year of working, you'll find that you need it. But I think the main thing that also helped me, and I realized that when I volunteered with people here, was my safety net. My safety net was my family. Um, I could take risks, one, because I was brought up to be independent, um, take responsibility for myself. Also, from a young age, as soon as you could work, you worked, you know, during the summer holidays and that, you know, to contribute. But I had a safety net. I had a family. If anything happened to me or I lost my job and I had no money, I had family right there that would take, take care of me, my brother, my sisters, my parents. That is a very valuable, I, I never realized it until I came here and did volunteering, how important that safety net was. And it gives you the confidence to go on and do your own thing. Now that you found yourself in New York City, when did New York Cares come into your life? It, it didn't until I retired, actually. Um, it was when I retired that I thought, um, my husband and I did quite well in our, in our jobs and all that. I didn't need to work for, for, for money once I retired. We had enough, you know, enough for what we wanted to do. And I thought you know, it would be nice to, to, to do other things. Um, it wasn't so much altruistic, to be quite honest with you, as just a feeling of wanting to explore different things. But also, I think, in, in growing up, it, certain things were expected of you to help out. You know what I mean? You helped each other. It was just something that you were, it was expected of you. Um, so when I retired, um, I started, well, do some traveling, but then I started looking around and I found New York Cares. And what I really liked was their database, the fact that you could go in and try different things. Because one of the things when you volunteer, I tried other things, not every volunteer work works for you you have to find something that, that really suits you and you can work with and new york cares um gave me that opportunity to try different things that's what i liked about them um, but it was just searching the database i came across them um searching the internet came across the database and said well let, let's go for it let's try it and that's been it ever since <laughs> so you took another step a little bit further in becoming a team leader. So I wanted to know what was behind the decision to not only participate in projects, but to lead them too. 
probably because I hate people telling me what to do. <laughs> now, that's not quite true. Um, you know, I kind of got into team leading because um, a couple of the projects I was working on and then someone um, sort of asked me, oh, you think you could take over from me for a while? And it was like, okay, and so I would step in. And to do that, I had to become a team leader and it led on from that. But, um, you know, through my job, um, I, I managed a lot of people. And I guess I just got used to the fact that um, I quite like organizing and I don't mind doing that. And, uh, and I don't mind the responsibility of it. You know, it came, as I say, with the job. Um, so I just get into team leading because I was asked to, to begin with, and then I enjoyed it. I wanted to speak a little bit about your work with our partner, Visions. Would you please tell us a little bit about what you lead volunteers in doing and what you see them provide to their community? Well, with Visions, it's Visions is a place for, where people who are legally blind go. And they have quite a few different projects there. Um, one of them is New York Cares um, Discuss the Headlines. Um, there's, there's an assumption that, you know, if somebody's disabled or um, older, that, you know, they've, they've lost their capacity with regards for discussion and, and, and um, reading the news and understanding, which is absolutely not true. I don't think I really want to say that. I'd like to backtrack on that. Um, but I think this was a group of people who wanted um, to keep up with the news. To, they liked the idea of discussion. And the main thing about the group that they really liked and got a lot of people interested in was the fact it's the one place where you can actually give your opinion and nobody gets to tell you you're wrong. Quite a few people, actually, as we got going, made the comment that it was the only place, especially with all the politics and everything that were going on in the world, where they could honestly state their opinion without being put down, shouted down or whatever, um, or didn't feel afraid to express themselves because nobody's allowed to say that's not, that's not true, you know, or that's, you know, I may disagree with you and we've had a lot of disagreements, but it was it's one place where you can truly um, speak your mind without feeling like, oh gosh, have I insulted somebody, have I hurt somebody, or somebody's politics. And because today, open discussion is, is not that common. People who have come into our group have, have made that comment. Um, and the group has adhered together very, very well. And during COVID, it was just brilliant in the way it kept people, it kept, keeps their minds occupied because they, they do read the news, but not just the news, they read other articles, they read things about science, they read things about climate. We discuss a lot more things than just the news because the news at times can get so, I can't take it anymore, <laughs> you know? Um, and the other thing I think people liked was the people in the group and the volunteers in the group come from all over and all kinds of different backgrounds. Um, they're totally out of your bubble. You know, we all live in a kind of bubble with our friends and family. When you go into a group like that and with some of the volunteers that come in, these are people that you would not normally meet in your normal life. And therefore, all of us have learned so much, I think, from each other. For me, it's been one of the great learning experiences of my life. But it's been, 
I it's just, I have Abe, an old man whose wife says to me, oh, this is what keeps him going. You know, he loves, he looks forward to his wedding suit because this really keeps him going. And a few others have said the same thing. If I look to cancel a session, there's usually a, oh, no, let's not cancel, you know. How do you think that you fostered such an open environment? I think we fostered it. And it's very hard to get started because people are reticent. And when you go into an environment like that and you speak your mind, you're giving a part of yourself. You're opening up yourself. So first of all, people have to have confidence in being able to do that. They have to feel that they're not being ridiculed. They're not going to be put down. And that's very, very important. And it's very important in the group to make sure that um, when someone's, nobody gets to say you're, stu- you're stupid or you can say I disagree with you. I don't agree with that. And we've had quite a few um, <laughs> good discussions, you know. But nobody is ever, ever put down. And therefore, the more that they can speak their mind, the more confidence they get and the more they give you. Um, And I think that's what's unique with this group because it is, um, as I say, it's people from all over, all different types of backgrounds. And it's interesting the different way that we all come to ideas sometimes based on our past experiences and our perceptions are based on our past experiences. So when someone starts talking, it's their experience that's coming into their judgment to what they're saying. And suddenly you're opening up to the fact that, wait a minute, I never experienced that. That is another way of looking at something, something totally, a totally different way of looking at things. Um, and, and that's been important. I've learned, I can't tell you how much I've learned in, in, with this discussion group. It's been quite amazing. Changing gears a little bit. I noticed that this year, I believe you started leading a project with the Astoria Park Alliance. So I wanted to ask you what the beautification and restoration of our public green spaces means to you and why you decided to take on this project. I took on this project, one, because it was actually incredibly convenient. It's across, just across the road from me, the park. I love that park. And unfortunately, um, the city does not have enough money. They don't put enough money into maintaining our parks, you know, unless you're Central Park for that. They don't have the same amount of money. So they rely on volunteers. And there is um, an Astoria Park Alliance where people do actually volunteer, but they needed more people. And what we do actually is, I mean, last week they were raking leaves, helping to rake leaves for the park. And it wasn't just our group. There was a whole scout group that came. There was a college group that came. It was a wonderful, wonderful mixture of young people, actually, and older people, too, but a lot of young people. Um, we plant, we, um, we pick up garbage. Um, one time in picking up the garbage, I had this old Chinese couple sitting on a bench applauding us all, saying, oh, thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> you meet people, and it's amazing, people walking in the park, turn around and say, oh, thank you for doing that. Um, so it's just, it's very pleasurable, uh, as I say, planting, we planted bulbs um, a few weeks ago, um, the daffodils and that for next spring. Um, we've actually even painted some benches. And we 
pick up trash. It's a little bit rare that people can make such a noticeable difference in their direct neighborhood. Like you said, you're only right across the street from Astoria Park. How do you think we can convince more people to follow your example and get involved in their neighborhood? Do you know this? I would say, especially for young people, and as I say a lot, we've got a lot of college students that come. First of all, it's a great way of meeting people. It's a fabulous way of young people, and especially young people who've come to the city of New York or have come new into our neighborhood who um, really don't know anybody. It's a wonderful way to come together and to meet people. I, I, I think that's really important. And it also gives them a sense of community. And they get to know the park and they get to know, but we've had people come, I've had volunteers come from Brooklyn. <laughs> And I even had one young man who came from New Jersey just for the sake of it. But it's a wonderful way um, to feel like you're part of something. Community is incredibly important. And it's something that I don't think people understand just how important it is. Astoria has got a wonderful community here. And it's a wonderful way of getting young people to understand that there is a community and they can be part of it. Um, but also I've seen a, quite a few friendships develop with young people at, at these meetings. In your years of leading projects, I was wondering what has surprised you? I think one of the major things I learned was how lucky I was in my childhood, believe it or not. Um, Covenant House, I think, is a great example. They did not have my safety net. These are young people at Covenant House, which was just amazing. They're either out of foster care because they're 18 years of age or they've gotten pregnant and their family's kicked them out um, or their family's beaten them. Many stories, but the bottom line is they have nobody and they go to Covenant House. And what it did for me was make me realise the importance of having that safety net. I never thought of my family as a safety net. The second thing is was their, their reliance they were, they reminded me again of how important the independence and the taking responsibility for yourself and how important those traits were. And a lot of those young people are going to find for themselves. And the other thing it made me realize was college education just isn't everything. And these young people had so much experience. I had a young girl who felt that she needed to go to college because she, you know, and, and, and get a degree to learn about, you know, working in a nursery. And she's not wrong about going to college. The only thing is that this young girl was someone whose mother was ill, father had left home and had six younger kids. She was the oldest one and she took care of them and took care of her mother. That experience is so much more than any book learning she'll ever do. She'll go for the book learning to learn about, you know, um, safety things and all the rest of it. But I think it made me realize how much more importance we have to put on people's experience. Um, and also, just the, the, the amazing spirit of these young people that I met there and their resilience and how important safety nets are. And as I think I told you my, before, um, one young girl actually said to me, why is it the strangers care more for me than my family ever did. And that's what New York Cares does. It, it 
tries and a lot of other charities too and a lot of also um organizations is to provide these kids with some kind of safety net and i think that's what i i learned out of to which just the experiences it's been a tremendous um education volunteering is the best education you'll ever get i think because you meet people and hear their experiences that you will never get living in your own bubble i agree now we have another year of volunteering ahead of us do you plan on continuing to lead those two projects yes the the park one will close for the winter but i will continue with the discussion group yes absolutely with your breadth of experience volunteering i was wondering if you had a message for someone who's curious about getting involved in their community uh, my message truly would be that one it really is a great way to meet people if that's what you want to do I mean, if you're lonely, get out there, go volunteer. It's a wonderful thing, you know. That's a way to meet people. Don't sit at home stewing on your own. Get up, get out. Second of all, um, you learn much, much more than you ever will staying at home and, and, and going through the internet. You'll meet people that you would never meet before. It will change the way you will look at things in life. It will broaden your, your mind. It will broaden your experience. And I guarantee you, it will help you going forward in any career you choose. Because once you go out there to work, you're going to meet other people. Volunteering also helps you how to deal with people, how to communicate with people, how to talk. And quite honestly, I think we've lost a lot of that, the ability to communicate, to look at people, to deal with people. Uh, and you also learn how to deal with them um, controversies you know um you know there's times when things get ah i have to deal with this awkward situation i mean i we've got to just deal with it you learn all that it's an incredible experience i'd like to ask you one last question as an astoria local where do you recommend someone curious about the astoria community visit to dip their toes in astoria well what would i recommend i mean from if you if you were coming to live here my whole attitude is um is tremendous for commuting i mean you've got a, a very very good believe it or not the subway works quite well here and we also have um the ferry you know so we're e it's easy to get to there's good bus routes there's good um, transportation a good ferry bus or subway it's a very mixed community which makes it really interesting well, Nan, thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you for everything you do for New York Cares. I think we are truly lucky to have people like you on our side. And I hope to see you on a project sometime and continue the conversation. Then. Thank you. It was fun talking to you. It really was. Okay. Have a great day and have a good Thanksgiving. Thank you so much to Nan for speaking with me and sharing some of her wisdom from an incredible 10 years of volunteer work. If you're curious about Nan's mission, I highly recommend taking a part in the Start Spreading the News program with Visions. Have you consistently been volunteering with us? Take charge as a team leader and help us create programs which inspire change in your community. To apply, visit us online at newyorkcares.org. Thank you for listening, and until next time, see you on a project.